Today we're going to be in the Luke book of Luke. So if you have your Bibles, you can open to Luke chapter 9 today. Um, we're just going to be doing one Sunday in Luke, uh, and then we'll dive into something when the new year starts off to, to take up some of our, our straight through the Bible time. But Luke chapter 9, Jesus is doing ministry throughout the book of Luke, and um, he's, he's working with his disciples and preparing them right for the purpose of going um, on ahead of him. Um, Jesus is, is beginning to prepare his disciples, or he's about to in, the next, in this chapter, I guess, the end of Luke 9, um, prepare his disciples for the fact that he's coming to die and that this life is going to end. But his whole purpose um, on earth with his disciples is to prepare them for the moment that he leaves them. Um, Jesus knew that he would not be here forever, and so he was constantly looking intentionally about how to prepare that next generation um, beyond him for ministry, right? Because if the ministry stopped with Jesus, the, the, the whole throes of the church, the whole direction that the church went would have been empty. But instead, Jesus intentionally invested himself in these men to, to accomplish his mission beyond his life. There's something there for us, right, that we are to pour ourselves into younger people, into uh, the younger generations that are going to come after us. Because we know that there will come a day when our days will cease and the mission needs to continue beyond that. Jesus was intentional about that as a church. We're going to be intentional about those things. Read with me Luke chapter 9, starting in verse 1. Jesus says this, And he called the twelve together, and he gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. I'll stop there just for a second. But, but, you know, Jesus is bringing his disciples together, and this is his commissioning of them. There's a great commission that happens at the end of all of the gospel accounts, but there's many commissions, these, these miniature commissionings that Jesus does for his disciples. And he gathers his 12 disciples together, these men that he's poured his life into for the last year or two that he's had them, and then he gives them authority and power. Right? He gives them authority and and power. Jesus has great power and great authority, and when he vests it on his disciples, they share in his power and authority. One of the things I think that is missing in the church today, not necessarily in this church, but in church generally, is a concept of power and authority under the lordship of Jesus Christ. The church is often a place that, that, that seems impotent and, and powerless, right? We're, we're constantly fretting about what people are doing somewhere else, right? Oh no, the politicians in Washington are doing this. And we worry ourselves about this as if we are not on the side of ultimate power and authority, right? A lot of times the church does work in missions and efforts, and instead of doing it in the power of Jesus Christ, they do it in the power of their, themselves. And when you work in your own power, it's limited. There's limited effects that you can have. There's not, um, you don't have a supernatural anointing on your ministry. And so we're called to be people who live under the power and authority of Jesus Christ. What does it mean to be underneath the authority of Jesus Christ? It means we do what he says, right? Our power, our, our, our empowerment, our Holy Spirit empowerment, which I almost sound like Pentecostal today. I understand that. And I'm okay with that, right? Our Holy Spirit empowerment, the Holy Spirit empowers us to do supernatural works, Right? That only happens when we're underneath the authority of Jesus Christ. 
when we run outside of the authority of Jesus Christ, when we run and, and, and pursue after our own missions, our own endeavors, our own goals, our own objectives, those things um, make it where we're living in our power because we've taken it on our authority. But when we're underneath God's authority, we do what God says to do. So when God says that we're to go into all nations, we go into all nations. When God says we're to share the gospel, we share the gospel. And when we do those things, God will supernaturally anoint those situations for his purposes. Right? Sometimes we feel like, well, I don't know how to lead someone to Jesus Christ. I don't know how to uh, talk to this person about spiritual matters because I don't know all the answers to all the questions that they might ask. That's okay. Like fear is a real thing, and, it, and it's, a ba- uh, like it's a real um, obstacle for a lot of us to going and doing what God's called us to do. But God says, if you'll go under my authority, if you'll just do what I say to do, I will empower you to do these things. Jesus was sending his disciples into the the towns and into the villages around him, and he was sending them to do some supernatural things. We'll read about what those supernatural things are in a second, right? To cure people of illnesses and heal people of diseases and maybe even to cast out uh, evil spirits and demons, right? He's giving them this really supernatural power. These are just regular guys, right? You know their biographies. We have fishermen, tax collectors, uh, just regular dudes who were religiously sort of like interested in things. They were just normal people, just people that you would find on the street corner. These weren't religious elites. These weren't the best of the best. They weren't the, the, the most well-educated. They were just people who followed after Jesus. And when Jesus said, I'm sending you with my power and authority, go do these things, they were able to do great things. One of the reasons I think churches struggle with doing great things, bigger things that our minds can, can conceptualize, is because we, we, we think that we have to do it all. Right? We think that everything is responsible on us, our effort, our work. And if we begin to hold those things over and pass them out to God and allow God to work through them, it would be amazing. But this is one of the reasons I'm excited about meeting weekly to pray with you guys on Monday nights because we're going to be intentionally putting God in charge of everything. As a group, right, I, I pray over my messages. I pray as I prepare my sermons. I pray over the ministries that we do as a church. But as a group of people, we're going to gather together and ask God to do the things that he can do, not the things that, that we can do. And God has great power. And he desires to give that. He hands it over to his disciples. We just have to own that as well. So he sent them, verse 2 says, he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. And he said to them, take nothing for your journey, no staff, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, and do not have two tunics. In whatever house you enter, you stay there, and from there depart. And wherever they do not receive you, when you leave that town, shake off the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. Right? So when we go and we're sent by Jesus Christ, which you are currently being sent by Jesus Christ to go and perform amazing, miraculous, supernatural works uh, of reconciliation to the world. You are called to do that. If you don't know that's your job as a Christian, that is your job as a Christian is to go into the world and to show people to proclaim the kingdom of God to them. And as you go and do that, God will supernaturally anoint you with his power and authority uh, to make those who would believe to believe. 
right? To bring the lost to repentance. God is in the business of doing that. He uses us to that. But when we go and do those things, and when we're on a mission for Jesus Christ, we go in faith that God will supply our needs. We go in faith trusting that God will take care of everything that we might be struggling with in ourselves. We all have uh, insecurities inside of ourselves. We all have things we worry about, whether it's financial insecurities or or physical insecurities. We all have things that we worry about. And Jesus, when he sends his disciples out, he sends them out and says, you're going as is. Just what you are. You're not taking your your bankroll with you. You're not taking your change of clothes with you. You're just going as is because God will take care of you. And a lot of us, we think if we can minimize all of our insecurities, if we can fix all of our little problems, if we can financially make sure that we're, we're, we're well supported, if we can make sure that we know all the answers, if our minds are sharp and our bodies are well, then we can go and do amazing things for God. And God says, no, just go. You're 85 years old and frail and weaker than you've ever been. Go. God is calling you to go into the world that he has placed you in with his message of hope and love. You don't have to be something other than what you are. You don't have to have more than you have now. Just go and trust that God will take care of you. You know, we have thousands of missionaries right now overseas who have gone trusting that God will take care of them. Right, the International Mission Board, the largest mission-sending agency in America for sure, probably in the world. It is a huge operation that we run as Southern Baptists. And we have thousands of missions over there, and they went in faith that God would supply their needs. And do you know how God does that? He does it through you. Right, I already mentioned the mission offering. We've already taken the offering officially, so like this isn't actually a place... For you to get more money into the mission offering. But guys, we, we, are, we are the backing for these people who have already stepped out and given everything they have in faith. A lot of these people literally sell everything they have because they can't keep giant houses back here in the States. They have to sell it all, maybe keep a little storage unit somewhere here in the States, and they go. And they trust that every December, churches like this around the country will come together And supernaturally, their needs will be supplied for by you. When you give to Lottie Moon Christmas offering, you are supernaturally meeting the needs of people around the world. It is an amazing thing that you get to be a part of. If you gave this year, thank you so much. What a tremendous thing that you took part in. And if you haven't given, there's still time, right, guys? Technically, they take Lottie Moon Christmas offering year-round, right? It's It's a weird thing. It says Christmas. If you were to give it in March... Uh, they would still take it. They're not turning it away. But we get to supply the needs of those who've gone. But guys, when we're called to go, whether it's to go internationally or whether it's just to go across the street, God has already given you what you need. And he will meet your needs as you go. The disciples may have wanted to take extra bags, extra clothes, extra things with them. And Jesus said, no, you'll be supplied by me. You'll walk into a home and someone will greet you. And when they greet you, that's where you're going to stay. Right? Like, you know, they don't even know where they're going. It's not like you're going to your brother's house across the state. You're just going into a town 
and you're walking around being like, hey, the kingdom of heaven's at hand. There's this guy named Jesus, and he's here um, to be the Messiah, the, the, the promised one of God. And somehow, when they shared that message, doors opened. Homes were available to them, and they didn't have to go, you know, find some money to scrape together to rent a room. They would just walk into the community, share the message of, of, of Jesus Christ, and doors would open for them. God has been in the business of meeting the needs of those who go for him forever. He's still in that business, church. Some of you don't go. Some of you are scared to go. You don't feel equipped to go. You don't feel like you have the skills to go. I'm telling you, you have what it takes to go. If all you know is the simple gospel message that Christ died for your sins and rose from the dead, If that's all you know, you don't know any other questions about church polity or about um, the history of the church or about how we deal with the problem of evil or how we deal with, you know, any of the major philosophical arguments people have. If all you know is the saving gospel message that Christ died for sinners and you were one of those, but he rose again, giving you victory over the grave. That's all you know. That's all you know need. Guys, that's what the world needs to hear. We have a world that does not need to hear you're good and you can be better because God can help make you better. What the world needs to hear is we're broken and sick because you know what? Everybody knows they're broken. Everybody knows they're sick. Everybody knows they've got issues and that no matter how hard they try, they can't make them better. We're all keenly aware of the problem of sin in our world, but we don't always understand the solution. You know the solution to sin. Go in faith today. Share that message with boldness and confidence because you live under the authority and power of Jesus Christ. You go in faith and you share that message because the world needs that message and the world longs for that message. I was driving to church this morning uh, with my daughter, Sierra, my my good daughter who gets up early and ready to come with her father uh, to come to church. And I had a glass of water with me and I hadn't, you know, I don't drink in the middle of the night. Um, That's weird, right out of sleep. Uh, This is my first time to drink in in the day and I'm in the car and I take a sip. And I don't know if y'all experience this because I don't know what other people experience in their bodies. But when I'm dehydrated, that first sip of water, like I can actually feel Like, it feels like I can feel on the cellular level my body getting healthy again. It's like, ooh, ah, right? That that, that idea that my body is somehow nourished in that moment, like everything that I I, I need was taken care of. Guys, guys, God does that. That's what the world needs. They're dehydrated. They're messed up. They're broken. And, And they don't know necessarily that they're longing for living water. They don't know necessarily that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the message that their bodies is so longing for. But when they hear it, it's immediate. They know it. The Holy Spirit is in the business of preparing people to hear the message of Jesus Christ. Are you sharing that message? You have it. It's inside of you. I know most of you in this room fairly well. You have it inside of you. It lives inside of you. It affects how you live your life. Share that message. 
Because while you may think nobody wants to hear it and it's brokenness, just go in faith because there are people who God has prepared for it. And you don't have to know all the answers. You don't have to have everything under control. You don't have to be a perfect person, a sinless person, to go and share the gospel message. Just go. God will meet whatever needs you have. I had a friend of mine, it was a co-worker at my first church that I was youth pastor at. His name was Ted Savage. What a wonderful name, Ted Savage. And Ted Savage was uh, the first Southern Baptist missionary into the country of Zambia. He and his wife, Verna, were the very first Southern Baptists from the Foreign Mission Board at the time to go to Zambia. By the way, that is an amazing testimony, right? They broke ground in a totally dark world, right? And I I love, I mean, I really do, I I love Ted Savage. But, you know, Ted, he he went in faith, right, To, to meet the needs of those people. He didn't have everything figured out. His life wasn't perfect. You know, it was a funny story he shared with me. Uh, Ted was a secret smoker, right? That's like all good Baptists, right? He was a secret smoker. And he was married to Verna for like four years before she discovered that he was a secret smoker, right? Ted Ted had his own private issues and his own problems. But you know what? He went in faith and God supplied his needs. He would share stories about being on the mission field and things that he was not equipped to handle. He was not ready to deal with the the pagan religions in Africa. He wasn't equipped to deal uh, with with witch doctors and all the things that are very real over there. Right? These aren't like things that just on Scooby-Doo, like very real things going on around the world. And he wasn't equipped for all that, but somehow... When he's in the midst of doing ministry, God met his needs every time. He gave him a word. He gave him safety. He gave him favor. God blessed his ministry because he went faithfully pursuing after what God wanted him to do. So guys, we are given power and authority by Jesus Christ to go into the world. And when we go into this world, we go in complete faith and trust that God will meet and supply our needs, our physical needs, and then the needs that really bother us, right? The needs that bother us with evangelism are our psychological needs, our emotional needs, our our mental reservation needs. God will meet our needs. And what is the message that we share? The message that we share is found in verse 6. And it says, they departed, these disciples, they went through the villages and they preached the gospel and healing everywhere. The gospel message is the only message that matters to the world. It's the only message that matters. You know, if I'd gotten up this morning dehydrated as I was, and instead of, you know, getting the, the, the nice cold glass of water and taking a drink of that, if I had, you know, sat down and eaten eggs or something else, right, it would not have met what my body needed. Sure, I need food, I need nutrition, but in that moment, what I needed was water. I don't even think a, a, you know, a nice cold glass of milk or, uh, would have met that need. Right? My body longed for water. It needed it. It's the only thing that can meet that need. Guys, the gospel is that thing. It is the message of the church. It's the good news of the church that though we're sinners, though we're far from God, though we have no standing of righteousness on our own, God came near to us. That's the story of Christmas, right? God comes near 
to us, and then he, he makes a way for us to be with him. And the way he does that, right, is Christ comes. He lives a sinless life, and he dies a death that you deserve to die. He takes our sin on his sinless self, bears that to the cross, and on the cross, God's wrath is satisfied. The consequences for our sin is paid, and grace is offered to those who are once far from God. That message, the message that you've responded to, the vast majority in you here today have responded to that message. That God sent Jesus to die for wicked people, and you are that wicked person who Jesus died for. The vast majority of you have responded to that message. That is the only message the world needs to hear from you. There's other things you can talk You can talk about the weather. You can talk about uh, the Rockets or the Astros, or you can talk about, it's all Houston sports for me. I don't know anything of, you don't want to talk about the Cowboys, right? Jeez, Cowboy fan. I don't know how you can be a Cowboy fan, by the way, and still say you love Jesus. I just don't think that's possible, honestly, right? But some of y'all are feeling very attacked right now. That's okay. That's okay. You know, God's word is sharper than a two-edged, no, that's not true. (laughs) It's not true. You know, you can talk about anything you want, but nothing else matters. These things of the world around us, they pass away. How great your Christmas was, how terrible your Christmas was, how crazy your family is, all those things that we talk about, right? They pass away. But the story of redemption, that's the story that changes people eternally. If we don't get to that message of redemption and we spend all our time small-talking people, we have failed what God has called us to do. We go in the authority of Jesus Christ. We go in the power of Jesus Christ. We go in the faith that God will meet our needs, and we go sharing the only message that matters. Christ died for sinners. He died for you. He died for me. And if we'll trust him, we'll trust him, if we'll believe him, we'll put our faith in him, if we do that, all of a sudden, we're found to be righteous again. Guys, that's a beautiful story. It's a story people need to hear. And so this year, as we look forward to 2020, as we look forward, that seems like a futuristic year, doesn't it? 2020, that's just weird, right? As you look forward to this next decade that we're about to embark on this next week, We look forward to it, right, with the understanding that there's only one message the world needs to hear from us. And you might tiptoe to get into it, but if you don't ever get into it, you're not really doing what God's called you to do. My hope for you this year, my hope for you personally this year, is that you will have the opportunity to share the gospel with someone and to watch them respond to the gospel in faith. I believe... I fully believe that God has put people around you who do not know Jesus Christ, who do not know the story of redemption, but God has already prepared them to hear it from you. All you have to do is share. It can be in your school. It could be at your workplace. It could be in your neighborhood, or it could be in your family. Maybe you have lost members in your family. I've lost people in my family, or my extended family, as you go out from there. But my prayer for you, my hope for you, is that this year, in these next 365 days, or 366 days, we get a bonus one this year, 
or the next 366 days that you will take the opportunities that God puts before you. And you know, the more often you take those opportunities as God opens the door, the more often you're going to get to see God do something. And there is nothing more humbling than watching someone respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ after you've shared what God did. It's an, it's an amazing experience. I want you to take part in that this year. Some of you have not experienced that ever in your lives. You have never, not once, shared the gospel with someone and seen them respond uh, in faith. This year, my prayer for you, what I will be praying daily for this church, is that every person who's a part of this church will experience that opportunity. From our youngest believer in this church, you know, we have you know, nine and ten-year-old believers in our church, to our oldest believer in our church, which I would guess is pushing 95. Jerry's trying to claim that it's her. I'm not sure it's you, Jerry, but it might be. To Jerry Allfield over there. And all of us in between. God has, God has a message to share. And you get to share it. And if you'll do it, God is still empowering us to do his work in supernatural ways. So let's be a part of that today, guys. Let's work towards that. And when that happens, when you have that opportunity, tell me, because, you, know, uh, you know, Paul says, you know, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking, right, in, in, in the faith. There's nothing better for me than to hear that my church members are putting into practice what God is doing in their life. That's so encouraging. I love hearing those stories. Oh, I did this. I love hearing about our youth going and serving in that homeless shelter this last weekend because it's a beautiful thing, right, of them going and beginning to pour themselves out. This year, we're going to go. We're going we're gonna to seek, and we're going to find because God has empowered us to go. Let me pray.